You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startwell. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. Well, we've had the last of our vacations. Football season's finally here, and you got me and Charlie for three times a week for the rest of the way. And, Charlie, hard to believe, man, we're right at 48 hours away from kicking this thing off. No, it's not hard to believe. We've been waiting for this forever. It's been like the longest summer that we've had in, like, what, four or five years now. This is like my favorite time of year. You know, that, that game week feeling, town becomes a buzz. Everybody puts some new signs up in the windows. And, you know, tomorrow on Friday when, you know, everybody starts rolling into town, the traffic's going to be bad. You have to stay away from Highway 12. And, man, it's just uh, nothing beats a good season opener at home. And let me tell you why I'm in such a good mood, Charlie. And we've talked about this over the past month, when we found this thing out, we're going to play at 6.30. That's a good thing. <laughs> play a is. night game to open the season. Yeah, that's always a good thing. Man, I'm so used to getting stuck with a good 11.30 kickoff. Nice to not have that for once. So the kickoff is officially set at 6.32 for Saturday. We're right behind. But it could move. Yes, it's a slide rule in effect, and what that means is the game before us goes long. It's BYU at South Florida. So we hope one of those two teams is kind of wiping the floor over the other one. They kind of let the clock run in the fourth quarter. So that's kind of what we're looking at. It's an ESPNU broadcast. Good friend Clay Matvick going to be in town. Clay's a, a Minnesota native. He'll, he'll be in town. And we used to see Clay a good bit. We had one season out there. I think it was like 2000. 10 or 11, where we had Clay for like three or four games. He and Herm Edwards came in here for like three or four games. Mm. But Clay is yeah, good. Clay's good. Clay's good. He's a good guy. And so we start with Memphis. Uh, Charlie, you know, hey, we know the obvious. Last year, we said going into the game, there would be no excuses if we lost to Memphis. And lo and behold, we had plenty of excuses after we lost to Memphis, didn't we? Well, we had that, uh, wow, that strange, no, not strange, unethical, an unethical play by a back judge who came in, who whistled a play dead, or at least signaled it dead, and didn't didn't uphold his call. I still have a problem with that. Now, we go back to, that was the big debate last year. Well, it should have mattered, but it didn't. Just all those things of could you blame it, could you not. It shouldn't have happened. We shouldn't have played as bad. Both those things can be true. I don't feel like this is going to be a game that will come down to the wire like that. I feel pretty good about the home team in this one. All right, so you and I have the pregame show. we got a new location this year. Mm. We're, we're going to be on the scoreboard terrace before the game, and then we'll have the postgame show at Bulldog Burger like we normally do. So we've, we'll have a long day ourselves, and so as we get ready for the season opener, stayed in Memphis. Hey, listen, first and foremost, if you're listening to this, this podcast, this broadcast, first of all, we're at, on WFCA tonight, uh, 107.9 out of French Camp. Our thanks to Chuck Bentley and Jason Crowder and the gang over there for once again signing up with another year of allowing us to be on WFCA. It's a 100,000-watt station, and so you hear a 
here on about a third of the state of Mississippi over the airwaves and then with the podcast as well. But if you're listening to this right now, the first thing I ask you to do before you even come to Startville, go ahead and download your tickets. Go ahead and put them in your wallet. Go ahead and your wallet on your phone. Go ahead and put your parking pass on your phone. If you have a printed home, go ahead and print those out today. Don't be in a rush. Don't forget them on Saturday, and it will make your experience a lot better when you get to the gate. So there are going to be a lot of enhancements at game day this year, and, of course, we can't wait to see you on campus. Charlie, you and I have been traveling a good bit in the last week or two, going out different parts of the state. We've been down to the coast. We've been over into Birmingham some. And, man, let me tell you something. Right now there's a big excitement level kind of coming into the season. If you'd asked me a month ago, I would have said, man, you know, nobody's talking about it. But over the last two weeks, man, it's really ratcheted up. Well, isn't that just part of the new season? Isn't that just what happens? We always always want to believe it's going to be something good. We can't quite – well, I don't know. We do have some years where we come in saying, man, we're going to be terrible. I don't think this team's going to be terrible. I actually think this team's going to be better than last year's team, perhaps significantly. The question, though, is, is being better enough to impact your record? Yeah, Trading Vandy for Georgia on the schedule – doesn't help you any off the bat. It is big. And we talked to Austin Williams last week. I had a Make-A-Wish event the other night with Will Rogers, and we talked extensively about the season. Later in the show today, we're going to talk to defensive coordinator Zach Arnett and also Emmanuel Forbes, the cornerback from Grenada, is going to join us on the show, this first out-of-left-field show during the midweek. Of course, t- tomorrow we'll have our Friday deep dig, and then on Sunday we'll have our Sunday coffee. And, of course, we appreciate our good friends at Tracks Plus for bringing you our out of left field show along with Farm Bureau Tracks Plus with five locations now, five locations now, three in the state of Mississippi. You got the original location down in Hickory, then in Columbus, Mississippi, Summit, Mississippi, Alexandria, Louisiana, and now Bessemer, Alabama on I-459. And so you got Daniel Bounds and Fred Fulton in Columbus, Ken Crosby down in Hickory, Gresh Howell in Summit, Coop Weems down in Alexandria, Louisiana, and Nathan George over in Bessemer, Alabama. If you're in the market for Barco, Saney equipment, anything for the Forester or that dirt contractor, go by and see our friends at Tracks Plus. So when Charlie and I come back, we'll talk to Zach Arnett, the defensive coordinator at Mississippi State, get his thoughts of his defense going into week one of the college football season. You're listening to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. And welcome back to Out on Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. And it's time now for a conversation with our good friend, defensive coordinator, Zach Arnett. Zach Arnett, uh, now in his third year as defensive coordinator, has had a really good start in his career here at Mississippi State. And this conversation brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing has been a mainstay for Charlie and I since we started this show. It's been a mainstay in my home for a long, long time now. Henry Cooper and the gang, great variety of sausages that come out of Florence, Mississippi. They make it right here in the state of Mississippi. You just can't beat country-pleasing sausage, and you can get those sausage dogs at the stadium on Saturday. Go underneath, and and Charlie, here's the thing, man. 
they've got those pineapple sausages, and they put the slaw on top of them. You and I eat a lot of those during baseball season, but they've got those, those at the football stadium as well, and you just can't beat country-pleasing sausage. No, that's a, that's a highlight for me. You know, baseball season, and the one day they had the pepper jack or the jalapeno cheddar sausage with the slaw on it. Man, that was That was a big day for me. So it's game week, and we're talking with defensive coordinator Zach Arnett. Coach, appreciate you joining us. Oh, yes, sir. Thanks for having me. All right, so countdown now. The clock is inside of a week, not long now until Saturday. And so we get a team in Memphis, and I guess let's look at this at 10,000 feet before we start talking about players. And you've got a team that you faced last year. How does it help knowing personnel, knowing scheme that you've seen just last year, and you're getting ready for that first game of the season? familiarity with uh with players who are returning you know obviously they return quite a few running backs starting quarterback playing as a a freshman last year had a heck of a season uh so you know he's returning a lot of a lot of game experience under his belt uh quite a few uh returning wide receivers and old linemen Uh, so they got a lot of experience they do have a new offensive coordinator coming from marshall so you try to watch both team seasons see similarities obviously pick up on things that you you know you think might come over with the new coordinator uh so that presents a little bit of a challenge but that's kind of how it is the first game of the year a lot of times during the season of course you know you got one week to get ready for a team looking towards an opener how much of the what I call the preseason camp is dedicated just to getting your team where it wants to be and at what point did you switch to now we're getting ready for Memphis yeah you know the first first couple weeks of camp i would say probably football wide you know doesn't matter where you're at. You're just spent getting into your base defense. The majority of the stuff you know is going to be carried over from game one to game 12. Uh, and, then, and then typically with about two weeks before that first game, you start getting into some scout team work, introducing, getting into the normal routine week to week. And so uh, we, were, we were able to get a little jump on them, you know, last week, as I'm sure they did us. A lot of that is also dependent on where you feel you're at, you know, how you're executing your stuff. So sometimes you hear offensive coaches talk about we're simplifying the playbook for young guys. And as they get older, we're going to put a little more in. We're going to put a little more in. Looking at the depth chart, no freshmen, only two sophomores on the entire two deep for your defense. You got guys that have been around. Is it a situation on defense where you put a little more in the playbook, so to speak, where you can advance your schemes, or is it kind of still just what it is? I think up front, you know, we got a lot of experience, a lot of returning experience, so we could be a little more accelerated up there with some of the different pressures or or things we do we can demand a little bit more of them you know hey tight end trade where's the back offset you know you can do some game plan stuff like that in the back end obviously we got returning experience but you know you also got a couple guys transfers come in guys getting their first real action and so maybe not as as aggressive to throw a bunch at them back there Coach, so many times when you, when you talk to offensive guys, they talk about scripting plays and how they prepare for another team. As far as scripting on defense, is it just pretty much when you walk in, it's all based upon you know what you're expecting to be thrown at you, or is it something like, hey, let's try this early, see if it works, and we may come back to that later? Yeah, you know, I, I think the hard thing on defense is obviously offensive coaches, right, you'll hear a lot about some people, they, they script the first opening drive, the first 10 to 20 plays, right? They know they want to get these in. That's a little harder on defense because obviously it's kind of dependent who you have in the game, what you do based on what personnel they have in. And so uh, I think it's a little bit harder to just say, hey, this is our opening script. We know we're doing this. Now third down, you know, that, that might be a little different story because if you get a team behind the behind the sticks and, you know, you get them in a passing situation, that's kind of your opportunity as a defense to, you know, you can you control the, 
the pin a little bit, right? You can dial up pressure and see how they're going to react to it. One of the things Bart and I enjoy doing in all the sports is talking about who's the most underrated. I've made the argument that our most underrated guy on the front is Cam Young. Am I off there? Uh, He's not underrated in this office, I can tell you that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a guy who probably doesn't get the recognition he deserves, you know, league-wide, uh, yeah, I would say it's definitely Cam Young. You're starting looking at the defense, and you talk about Cam Young up front, and let's start with the defensive line. I mean, when you start thinking about your defensive line, we talk, Charlie talked a moment ago about, you know, this is a veteran defensive front. Who's the guy, or is there one certain person that's made a, a big jump between last year and this year? Well, right now, we're really excited the way Nathan Picker in the camp he's having. I mean, uh, and obviously he's in the, he might be the most talented guy up there in just terms of a combination of size and athletic ability, but he's re, he's really turned it on, and he's been a real disruptive force, and we're really excited to see him get going here. Jordan Davis is back. He was injured last year. We didn't have him. So how is he moving around now? Is he is he back to being the, the guy he was when we lost him a year ago? Yeah, he's doing well. Obviously, he's Feels good on the knee, has had no setbacks, and so uh, there's no reason for us to think he's anything less than 100%. Yeah, Charlie and I talked about this all the time, and sometimes you know, we, we oversimplify things, and sometimes we overstate things. But one of the things we've talked about with this defensive front is, you know, in, in years past at times, that when the defensive line is, is weak or is not as strong as you'd like, then all of a sudden they don't get the double teams and all of a sudden offensive linemen get on linebackers. Do you think that's one of the strengths of this team is the defensive front and not allowing and taking up double teams to make your linebackers better? I guess the question I, what I'm wanting to say is, how much better does a strong defensive front make for its linebackers? Well, regardless of the regardless of the scheme you run, the stronger you are up front, the better you're going to be. Obviously, it's harder to run the ball on a really good front, and then those fronts are typically good in generating a pass rush, which always improves your coverage. So uh, we've made. I have not been shy about it at all talking to our, our front seven or our front six. You know, obviously being a three three five, you say those D linemen and linebackers, you know, you just, you just look on the look on the depth chart. We got a lot of returning guys who are older. They're they're supposedly big and strong. They got a lot on their shoulders. They're they're expected to perform and produce like shoot, everyone's saying there's how good they're supposed to be. We'll find out. On the backside, a name that is gonna be new this year, Jackie Matthews. What kind of player is Jackie Matthews? Jackie's done a really nice job. We had him for the spring, so obviously that's always good when you get a transfer in and gets to get it, go through a whole spring practice. Jackie coming over from West Virginia, played at Gulf Coast here you know, in, the, in the JUCO system. So a lot of guys here have a familiarity with him. Good cover guy. He's played corner, played nickel in the slot. He's got really good good instincts, zone feel. And so uh, we like what he's, what he's brought to us in the, in the safety room. Obviously it's just getting him – all the reps that some of those other guys have had over the last couple of years, so he feels real comfortable and confident in every call, no matter what we throw at him. Well, 10,000 feet, it just feels like we have a little bit more depth in the secondary. You know, two years ago, late in the year, we're trying to just throw a bunch of different guys out there. And now you look up and down to you know, the secondary with the corners, the safeties. You've got a lot of guys back there that have, that have played a lot of meaningful minutes. What would you say on the defensive side is probably the most meaningful as far as getting a lot of snaps, is it the secondary, just getting repetition? Particularly with the way teams are spreading you out and throwing it better than maybe they ever have in the history of the game and all the different route concepts they're doing to stress coverage. Anytime you have a secondary who's played a lot of snaps together, they get a, you get a feel for playing with one another. It, it typically lends itself to you know less mistakes. So we certainly hope that's the case, but obviously it's uh, easy to talk about it this time of year. Now you actually got to show up and see if there's uh, – 
True or not? You know, some years you see basically teams will roll out their two corners and those are the guys going to play. Sometimes you see guys rotate through, particularly looking opposite Emmanuel Forbes, you know, DKM, DeCamry, and Richardson, and then Marcus Banks. You've heard good things about both those guys. You expect to see meaningful playing time for both those guys? I imagine you'll see uh, a number of different corners in there just to try to kind of figure out, all right, who's who's truly the guy who plays the best when it's actually real live game action. Can't Cannot say enough about DeCameron Richardson, the spring he had, and then uh, he's carried into the camp. I mean, his his work ethic, he's he's what you want. I, I don't know if, if you asked the, took a poll of the team, he might be the guy who the player said shows up to practice every day and gives the most effort. And so I uh, imagine you'll see him getting the start and you'll see a combination of other guys you know, rolling in there when they get their opportunity. Martin, I had a chance to visit with Austin Williams the other day, and we were talking to him about NIL, name, image, and likeness, which is obviously a big topic across college football right now. And I think Austin, to paraphrase, uh, basically said, you know, we talk about it now and then, but at the end of the day, uh, ball is ball. And when it's it's time to play, it's time to play. Not in terms of this particular game, but – Kind of what you're seeing around the league, how important is uh, NIL to kind of the future of where programs are going? Well, I think with the current climate and uh, the fact that the NCAA has kind of decided that they're going to leave it up to individual individual state legislation, maybe conf- you know conference gets involved, I think it's probably maybe the most important thing in terms of uh, the health of your, your roster and developing your program there is right now in football. Um, obviously, we, we're very blessed here, the Bulldog Initiative, the efforts they've they've gone to to help support our, our team and our roster uh, and create some of those opportunities for, for our players. Uh, that's that's really allowed us to hold on to some really valuable pieces on this roster, and we'll be glad to watch those guys flying around on Saturday. We also talked to Austin about this is really the time of year where it's the most exciting for him. As a coach, who's you're a veteran coach now. You've been around the game a long time now. Is there a certain part of the year? Is this the most fun part of the year? Is it? Is it when you get into the season? Is it recruiting, spring ball? What for you is the most important time? Or not Not the most important, but the most fun for you? I think this time of year is the most everything time of year, right? When you're winning, it's the most fun time of the year. It's the most frustrating time of year. It's your most uh, stressful time of year. That's. I mean, that's why we all got into this, right? The uh, the adrenaline rush, the highs and the lows you get from during the season. But, I mean, it's, it's unlike anything else. So, that's why we're all in it. And the good news, we get to open at night. No one 11 o'clock games. That's right. That's right. I thought, <laughs> I, don't know it was, I thought it was an afternoon kick. I was a little warm out there last Saturday, and then I heard six. I went, well, it's a little better. I don't know who pulled that string, but I'm, I'm glad they glad did. glad they did. Hey, i tell you this, too, before we go. <laughs> we talk about, about this roster and looking up and down this defense. One of the things we've talked about for a long time is the Mississippi flavor. And you look up front on this defense, there's a lot of Mississippi guys and we start thinking about defensive linemen and defensive players that are playing in the NFL right now. And some of these guys played on our roster right now. It's amazing to see how small of a state it is that produces football talent like this. Well, and I'll add to that, a lot of the guys, if they aren't from Mississippi, they could just about see it from their back porch. You know, you guys are exactly right, and you're right. I mean, obviously, uh, when you're a coach, you're extremely blessed to coach defense in a state like this with the history it has of of producing defensive football players. But I'll just put it frankly, if – as long as I'm the coordinator here, if that if that defensive depth chart doesn't look like it's loaded with Mississippi guys or guys from neighboring states, they need to run me out of here because we're recruiting the wrong guys in. <laughs> All right, Coach. Hey, we'll let you get ready for Saturday. Yes, sir. Thank Good you. to see you as always. Thank you, guys. Well, that's Zach Arnett, our defensive coordinator at Mississippi State. Charlie, hey, man, guy full of energy, 
and really excited to see what this Bulldog defense can do this year. Well, they're old. We can't blame experience this year, right? You look all up and down this defensive depth chart, and it's just guys who've been around, guys who played. Now, there's a couple of guys who are experienced but not terribly experienced here. I'm kind of ready to see this Jackie Matthews that everybody's talking about. You know, it looks like he's going to be a player, the transfer that came over from West Virginia. And so, man, I'm kind of excited about it. You know, Zach brought up the point just a minute ago about, you know, when you get third and long, then all of a sudden you can play your game. And he is not a guy who's afraid of dial-up pressure. No, not at all. And I think part of that is that's just where we are now, right? Offenses are going to put up numbers. You're going to have to have big plays on defense if you want to win in this league. Got to have some takeaways. Hey, and he's got some dudes, too. He's got some guys that look good getting off the bus, and they can play, too. Talked about Cam Young a minute ago, about, hey, he's not overlooked in in our defense. I mean, you've got to be strong up front, and I think that's going to be one of the strengths of this team. Well, we're going to find out now because Memphis was not great at rushing the football last year. They were better at throwing it than they were running it. So you hope that you're going to have a situation where the guys up front can just kind of pin the ears back and go, go get the quarterback. So that conversation with Zach Arnett brought to you once again by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing, made right here in the state of Mississippi. It just can't beat the quality of Country Pleasing Sausage at grocery stores throughout the southeast. Now they're moving on further east into Georgia, into South Carolina, and now a mainstay at your tailgate without doubt and a mainstay of the Bart Gregory and Charlie Winfield household. So we'll come back. We'll talk to one of those guys who is a mainstay on the defense for Mississippi. Mississippi State and a guy that's a junior. He's been around for a long time. We talk about the depth and the experience of this Bulldog defense. We're going to talk to one of those guys on the other side of the break. Emmanuel Forbes from Grenada, Mississippi. He'll join us next. You're listening to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. And welcome back to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We had a great conversation with Bulldog defensive coordinator Zach Arnett, and now we talk to Emmanuel Forbes. And before we talk to Emmanuel, this conversation brought to you by our good friends at Startville.org, the Greater Startville Development Partnership, the CVB downtown. Hey, that's one of the great things about Startville. This is a big deal when people come to town. It's a big game day weekend. There's a lot going on tomorrow night. Find those great restaurants at Startville.org. Reservations are filling up fast. And, of course, on Sunday you can just kind of hang around, do some shopping as well. Charlie, we've talked so many times about the, the strong marriage between Mississippi State and the city of Starkville, and it's, it's a strong bond that continues to grow. Are you a brunch guy? Yes. Now, that's been the big thing. Sunday brunch has become a thing in Starkville. But had some really good places, too. Yeah, that's, the, that's kind of a highlight for me. You get a night game, gives you an excuse to stay over if you're from out of town, hit up brunch before you head back home. What's your brunch go-to? Are you an eggs Benedict type guy? No, I don't do eggs. You know, I never, never do eggs as well. I have to. I can eat eggs if it has something in it, like, you know, if it's an omelet or a Western omelet. But I've kind of gotten on a kick with eggs Benedict, and you've got a couple places in town that are fantastic with that. I'm even the guy who goes and when you get the breakfast burrito, says no egg. So I, I'm kind of all out against the egg these days. Yeah, I used to be the same way with eggs. But anyway, I can but eat omelet. It is pretty cool because when you wake up, we get together on Sunday mornings, you look around town, 
having people around. You know, look, people people are in town now. It's a different feel on campus already. It was walking around campus today and actually walked back from the heart of campus to downtown. And, boy, a lot of cool stuff going. You can see all the restaurants of the Cotton District getting ready, and it's, uh, it's going to be a good weekend. Well, game week now. We talked to Mississippi State cornerback Emmanuel Forbes. Emmanuel, how you feeling, man? I'm feeling good, ready to go. Ready to go. It's game week now. It's hard to believe it's here. Mm-hmm. All right, so listen, I was telling this story just a minute ago. And back when I was a freshman in high school, during the spring, I was a quarterback. And I remind Charlie this all the time, okay? Mm-hmm. The, the older you get, the better you were. Mm-hmm. But my, my tailback was a guy named Ashley Kewen. You know Ashley Kewen? That was my head coach for my high school team. <laughs> Let me tell you this now. I'll say this. You know, you want to give him a little hard time. The guy could run. The guy could fly. It's hard to believe that. Back then, it's been a long time. Uh, and the cat could run a little bit. So, anyway, hey, um, Grenada High School guy, pretty much hometown, not far from here. Just looking back, you came onto campus and you played a lot as a freshman. Just overall, before we get into the nuts and bolts of things, how great is it for you to grow up near here, to come here, to be able to play in front of friends and family? What's that meant to you? Oh, it means a lot because I'm a real big family guy. So, Grenada's an hour and 30 from here, so my families can come down here anytime I want, like just a visit or come to a game, and it just it means a lot to me. So a year ago, you had an NFL guy on the other side from you. Mm-hmm. Go see somebody new this year. How do you see that other corner shaking out right now? Uh, it's shape, shaping out well. Like, you know, Martin was a great player and all, but, like, he went to the draft, of course, so the guy is next man up, so they're – they fill in the role very well, and it's a couple guys that can play behind us. So when you look at this league now, you know, when Charlie and I were growing up, this was a run league, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Everybody ran the football. Now everybody's throwing the football. Mm-hmm. As a cornerback, we were talking to Fred Smoot a couple years ago, and I asked Fred, I said, okay, what's, what's the best thing you've ever said to a wide receiver? Mm-hmm. And he says, I walked out first game, and I said, just put your hands in your pocket because you're not going to need them today. Yeah. So here's I, I need you to say that. One game, just pick a game out. and it's just be this one. Okay, pick out this game and just say, okay, put your hands in your pocket. Okay, so this week mm-hmm. you're playing against a Memphis team. They're kind of a pass-happy type of team. You get through all the, the workouts in the summer. You go through spring practice and all this stuff. How exciting is this time for you to, to get ready game one? Is this the most exciting time for you of the season? Oh, yes, sir, because summer all you're doing is leading up to this moment. And once you get here, you just got to take advantage of the opportunities. Now, when you look around, you're not an old guy, but you seem like it, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you've been you've been playing a lot of football here. Kind of, how do you see this defense right now? As you're kind of one of the veterans, one of the leaders among a bunch of old guys now. Mm-hmm. How, how do you feel about where this defense stands? Oh, this defense is very good. It's very, it's a very smart and very like older group, so they know what to do. Most of the guys have played in in this defense for or two or three years. So we are very experienced in what we're doing and confident. You know, last week we talked to Austin Williams, and we asked Austin to rate the wide receivers and talk about the guys in his room. The guys that are in your room, the cornerbacks, what makes those other guys so special? Oh, uh, they're just – we're different in every type of way. Some guys are bigger. Some guys are more technique sound. So different guys bring different things to the table. So that will help – make us special and help us out a long way. Take your name out of this. Mm-hmm. A cornerback that's going to have a breakout year this year is going to be who? DeCamry Richardson. 
and what makes DeCamrion – what makes DeCam so good back there? Oh, uh, he's he's learned the game a lot, and he's had years to, like, grow and produce and learn, like, learn the defense. He's at the level that I'm at because we're in the same class, so he, we know about the same and we know how to do it. What's the biggest improvement you think you've made individually in your time here? Is it getting stronger? Is it being more physical? Is it reading quarterbacks? If we were to go back to the day you walked on campus, played your first game till now, what would you say, I've really gotten better here? I've really gotten better at like, focusing in on the small details in the game and not getting bored with it. So, like saying, say for instance, like maybe the ball not being thrown my way, but me being locked in on every single play to make sure that I'm ready just for when it is. So that's where I improved a lot at. So many people talk about the speed of the game mm. and getting sped up. And you came in and played as a freshman. How difficult was it getting acclimated to the speed of college football? I mean, you've seen some great athletes around here come in here and play as a freshman, but they have difficult times because they just didn't realize just how fast the game was. How fast was the game for you as a freshman? The beginning, it was pretty fast, and I had to adapt to it. And I had freshman mistakes just like anybody else would. But I just had to learn from it and adapt to the speed. How much during the course of a practice do you guys kind of work with the safeties? Literally all practice. And so we kind of talked about the corners. Uh, who are we going to see back there at the safety spot that we ought to pay attention to that you think he's going to have a big year? Oh, it's to Jay Green. I feel like he's going to have a big year this year. And the transfer, Jackie Matthews. Yeah, so we talked to uh, Zach Arnett about Jackie Matthews. What kind of player is he? What What do we see when he takes the field? Like a firework, like I said. He's very explosive. He's smart. He's fast. And just a very physical player. I talked last year to Darcel McBath. And he said, just going back to what I was talking about a minute ago, about how wide receivers and cornerbacks and there's a lot of trash talking during the games, but they were talking about the trash talking in practice yeah. between Coach McBath and Coach Spurrier about receivers versus cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. All right, flip the script a little bit. Look on the offensive side. Mm-hmm. Who are people going to be excited to see at wide receiver this year? Rara Thomas, Tulu Griffin, and Caleb Duckin. That's who I'm excited to see this year, Caleb Duckin. That's a name we've been hearing a lot the mm-hmm. past couple of weeks is Caleb Ducking. What's, uh, what have you seen in him? Uh, he just didn't get to play that much last year, and he just, like, improved so so much. And, like, it's incredible, actually. A lot of times when we talk to defensive guys and they have explosive, as you quote-unquote explosive, defensive coordinators – and that's what Zach Arnett is. He's a guy that involves a lot of different players. It's not like the, the old Bill Clay sit back and just read and react. How exciting is it to play in a defense where you know you may have an opportunity coming on a corner blitz or you're going to have a lot of different things going on on that defensive front. How exciting is it to play in Zach Arnett's defense? Uh, it's very fun to play in this defense because you know telling what he's going to call. And, like, we have – like, our job is in the secondary basically is – kind of easy and the corner job and the safety job are kind of the same so we'd be on the same page and just it's fun i told somebody the other day that a good defensive front can make the guys on the back end look really good Mm -hmm. if you ain't got to cover that long you know you need somebody to get home to the quarterback Uh, you look around this roster you got guys you got jordan davis coming back you got tyrus weed who i think is a guy's gonna have a big year who the guys up front that you think mike can help make your life a little better Oh, uh, Tyrus Wee for sure, because he's big, fast, athletic, and Cam Young. He's the heart of the defense, basically. 
he give them trouble because it's hard to run the ball with him in the game, and he he's actually a pretty good pass rusher. I give him a hard time about it, but he is. <laughs> talked to Martin since he's gone to the big time. Yeah, I talked to him yesterday. Tell you what, proud of that guy too. Mm-hmm. Hey, appreciate you. Proud of you. Yes, sir. Looking forward to a great season. Yes, sir. Appreciate you joining us. Yes, sir. No problem. Bulldog cornerback Emmanuel Forbes. Charlie, can't wait to see this dude play. You know what we didn't talk about? Well, this is probably a, a failure. Punt returning. Yeah. You know, he's it's got an or. Austin Williams or Emmanuel Forbes. Going to let him return those if you're coaching? Well, you could. I, I could see him doing it. Kind of reminds you of that Javier Arenas-type feel. You yeah. Know? So, Cornerback slash punt returner. We'll see. Yeah. And that conversation with our good friend Emmanuel Forbes, brought to you by our friends at Startwell.org, the Startwell CVB and the Greater Startwell Development Partnership. Charlie O'Neill will come back. We'll have a final word, get you ready for game day here on the first out-of-left-field show presented by Farm Bureau. And welcome back. Final segment of Out of Left Field presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. Charlie, two good conversations right there with Zach Arnett and Emmanuel Forbes. And so I see you got the depth chart out. Looking at the depth chart, we put it out earlier this week. How many oars do we have in there? Here's my question. Do we have Will Rogers listed as the starting quarterback? Because Mike Leach rarely ever names a starting quarterback. Well, we have named a starting quarterback. There's not an oar there. At running back, there are two oars, meaning there are three people. I'm listening. Uh, Obviously, Woody Marks, Dylan Johnson, and Simeon Price, redshirt freshman. So a lot of oars there. Got an oar at X between Ra Ra Thomas and Tulu Griffin. Got an oar at right tackle between Cam Jones and Albert Reese. Cam Jones will be there. Uh, and then you've got an or at backing up Caleb Ducking at the Z between Antonio Harmon and Jordan Mosley. Here's the thing about the defense. There are no ors, not a one. <laughs> Zach Arnett is not an or guy. Yeah, and he's got a good feel, and we talked to him just a moment ago, as you heard. And he, he's got a veteran team. Looking up and down that, you know, you don't see hardly any sophomores. You don't see any freshmen. You don't see any sophomores. I mean, this is going to be a veteran team. Well, the defensive side, there's only two sophomores. Everybody else is either, and not many juniors for that matter, a lot of graduates, a lot of redshirt juniors, fifth-year seniors, that type thing. And look, along the offensive line, you can say, hey, we're not that old, but we are. Left tackle, you got Dollar Bill over there, redshirt senior. Left guard, you've got Nick Jones, who's a redshirt junior. You've got LaQuinston Sharp, a graduate at center. Cole Smith's going to be your right guard. He's a senior, and you're going to see a redshirt junior at right tackle. And they're just – sooner or later, young teams have to grow up, and the key is can you capitalize on it. But youth and inexperience cannot be to blame this season. Man, you look back at so many season openers that you have, and this is not to be the pessimist at all. You look back at last year. I mean, we had to come from behind in a big hole last year to come back and win. You look in you know, 2016 against South Alabama where you come out of the gate slow. Let me ask you this question, and I've talked to so many people who have said this. What score, and I, you know, a lot of people are saying, man, we're going to win the football game. And some people are saying, hey, if it's not 31-13, to 13, I'm not going to feel good about it. 
let me tell you, first game of the year, I mean, it's kind of hard to, to come out of the gate and get going your first quarter, get going strong. Why? What's what's your Why? thought? Well, I mean, well, come on. Well, you see it so you much. You only get 12 of them. Let's go. Let's get ready. So I don't want to hear all that. What's what's the spread? 16, 16 and a half. 16 and a half. We'll talk about this tomorrow on our deep dig. Be thinking about whether you would take the 16 and a half or not. Well, first of all, I'm not the gambling type. But if I were, I wouldn't touch an opening week game like this. That's what I'm saying is you really just don't know what to expect. Do I expect Mississippi State to win a football game? Absolutely. Do I expect them to cover 16 and a half? I hope so. But you just never know. I think when people start getting too into margin of victory, you lose sight of a couple things. First and foremost, at the end of the year, it's just about wins. It's just about winning football games. And so that's obviously job number one. I think the thing that I would like to see is an offense that comes out and executes like a veteran offense. I'd like to see a defense that can get off the field. I'd like to see us force some three and outs, force some turnovers. Basically, all I'm asking for is near perfection. Near perfection? Yeah, not perfection. Okay. Just nearly so. Hey, what I expect for, from uh, perfection is tomorrow on the Friday deep dig. Can't wait for it, man. It's been a while since we did the Friday deep dig for football. and We'll kind of jump into all the numbers of Memphis and Mississippi State and have some big keys to the game and get you ready for the Saturday at 632 Mississippi State and the Memphis Tigers. And once again, thanks to our great friends at Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. They have agents all across the state of Mississippi, great customer service, and, of course, their insurance is really good as well. Our good friends at Trax Plus now with five locations. Country-pleasing sausage. Country-pleasing made right here in the state of Mississippi. Our good friends at Startwell.org. Startwell, the CVB and the Greater Startwell Development Partnership. And our good friends at Bank First. Good bankfirstfs.com for any lending questions that you may have. Charlie, enjoyed it as always. Yeah, back tomorrow. Back tomorrow. You've been listening to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau.